Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome back to Latter-day Takes. Not sure why. The spirit of Halloween is always kind of a fun time, fun thing to do. At least, I think so. So, here I am indulging in it, hoping you all will indulge a little with me. Hope you all have had a great week and are gearing up for a nice Halloween weekend. I don't plan on doing much this weekend, I'll be honest. Um, BYU is playing Saturday night, which is pretty inconvenient timing, but I don't really go to Halloween parties anyway. I don't, I, I'll, I'll dress up kind of if I feel obligated. I don't particularly like dressing up. I just like the holiday. I like the spooky stuff. I like the changing of the seasons. I don't know, whatever, for whatever reason, um, dressing up doesn't really call to me a whole lot, but I understand when that people, you know, really like to do that, make that part of their thing. Uh, before we get to today's episode, which I think you're going to like. It's got a cool, spooky story that happened to these people that a friend of mine knows. Shane has been on the podcast before. And from there, uh, he actually shares the funniest bathroom story I've ever heard in my life that happened to him while he was in, on a on a bus in Mexico. So <laughs> gear up for that. I just, uh, obviously it's not related to Halloween, but... Um, it's, it's a story that I wanted to get out there for a while. So now it's out there and y'all can enjoy it. And it truly is incredible. But before we get to the episode, I actually want to share an old post that I wrote. I want to say this was two years ago, even I can verify that here in a second. I want to do think it was pre COVID. I don't write that much anymore. Yeah, it was about two years ago. And I gave top five horror villains I'd like to fight and how I would do which I know is kind of an interesting way of putting it because just getting a little bit into the spirit of the season in no particular order, I'll go through and kind of take you through this and I'll read a lot of my post in the process. Number one, even though, like I said, no particular order, the aliens from Signs. I do love the movie Signs. It's probably in my top 20 movies all time. Uh, it's not really a horror movie in my mind. It is definitely got a, it's got its jump scenes and everything, but I think it's actually more a movie about faith, losing faith, regaining it, etc. I think M Night Shyamalan did that pretty well. Speaking of which, that most recent movie he came out with, uh, Old, not good, not good at all. It's probably one of the worst screenplays I've ever watched in my life. It was really really strange. It was really bad. But anyway, if I had to survive against the aliens and science. I don't think I'd really need a particularly complex game plan. I have a pretty good blueprint to draw from just watching the movie, right? So you take you take what you see from there and kind of use it use it for ammo, right? An incompetent preacher even got a good lick on one of the aliens by using a kitchen knife. I think I could handle a semi-invisible alien personally. Um, the most highly favored opponent in the movie against those aliens was a washed-out minor league baseball player. And he even had a bat. Kind of danced around a bit before just taking him out. I'm not sure why he was lollygagging, but I, if it's me, I'm coming in hot with water, right? Not hot water, but just water. I'm not waiting around, right? They hate water, so I'm just coming in. Like, water's everywhere, still, fortunately. Um, and I don't think these guys were particularly fast. You know, when you get to see them, they're just kind of casually meandering around. Um, and even in that moment when the the kids in Colombia, I think, got it on camera. Kind of looks a little bit effeminate walking, too. So I don't know what the, how that plays into it. But 
I like my odds overall, basically. Um, they're really not... I mean, I guess outside of them jumping on the roof in record time and running around the house and not being caught and things like that, I don't know. Outside of that, I feel like they were kind of slow and just kind of casually walking through, but I like my chances against them. I, I think I'm surviving, and I gave myself minus 200 odds to win, and I'm not totally sure how that works, but I think it's pretty good. So I, I'm, I'm favored okay there. Second one that I would uh, want to fight, take on, um, Michael Myers from the Halloween movies, which in my mind of the of this entire list, I think he's actually the most intimidating. He basically never dies. He always comes back. He's a non-human human with a backstory. Um, so he was put in an insane asylum at a young age after killing his family as a child. I don't know if he actually killed his parents, but he definitely killed his sister. Um, but somehow in there garnered superhuman strength, but also learned how to not die, which I don't know how he pulled that off, but it's an incredibly efficient use of time in the asylum. And I tip my hat to him for achieving that. But how do you kill a horror villain that seemingly can't die? The best thing I could do for myself in this situation is just try and avoid him at all costs. And this is actually where I like to cite one of my favorite writers, Chase Serrano, who put it perfectly in a, in a Michael Myers scouting report, essentially. The best way to survive an attack from Michael Myers is to keep a healthy 12-foot distance from him while he slowly pursues you. He never runs. Has anyone here seen Michael Myers run? I've never seen him run. He never throws things, and he never uses guns. He always uses that, that butcher knife. It's not even a butcher knife, actually. It's just a really big kitchen knife, basically. But that's not a fight I'm winning if we actually come, you know, get into a, like a hands, hands fisticuffs type thing situation. So I'm just avoiding it. Um, but believe it or not, I think the best chance I'd have to defeat Michael Myers is appealing to his humanity. Because there is a moment in Halloween 5... When his niece, Jamie, actually tried to uh, appeal to him for a second. Uh, she, she shouted out uncle right before he was going to kill her. And he stops, sheds a tear for whatever reason, I'm not sure. And then where she went wrong was trying to touch his face. Because as soon as she tried to touch his face, this is poor little girl, just, you know, seeing her uncle. Uh, he clearly doesn't want people touching his face so he he gets all aggressive again puts the mask on and then boom tries to kill her but the niece does end up getting away so like i said this 12 this 12 foot distance thing situation 12 plus where you can see him but he can't catch up to you because for whatever reason he never runs should have really worked on that cardio in the asylum you'll be i think you'll be okay so i actually i actually like my chances okay there he would i mean if if we came to battle he would own me He'd stab me quite a bit, I feel like, and I'd probably die. So it just depends. If I let him catch me, I'm screwed. If I don't, then I'm fine. All right, the crazies from the crazies. I feel like this is the more unique uh, kind of villain-esque type situation of the list because not a lot of people have seen the, the crazies. It's a Timothy Oliphant movie. I find it highly entertaining personally. Uh, essentially what it is is this Midwest town has their water contaminated by unsanctioned government testing. I think is the situation and it turns people into these weird zombie type people. Um, they're not particularly fast. In fact, the contaminated water seems to make them even slower than humans, which is kind of like the true classic zombie uh, narrative, right? They're not actually fast, which you, you see differently in world war Z among other movies. But I think generally speaking, zombies really aren't fast. 
but they are extremely violent. Um, and I think their biggest strength is how sneaky they are. Like diabolically sneaky. Two examples come to mind is a farmer distracts his wife after midnight by turning on a huge farm tractor in the barn while he goes and douses the whole house with gasoline so he can lock them in and burn it to the ground. Brutal, brutal, terrible scene, right? Um, there was another time when they were trying to outrun a government helicopter and hit at a car wash. Turns out the crazies, so there were a few crazies hiding in the car wash and started to torment them. Um, beyond that alone, they bashed in a back window of the car and sneakily placed a hose thing around the neck of the girl in the back seat of the car, right as the car was speeding off, so she got her neck broken, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, sorry, I know that's getting a little gruesome, but that's just how it played out in that movie. Um, but outside of their sneakiness, I actually like my odds quite a bit because they, they, even though they still have the ability to know what a gun is still, which isn't great for me, um... And there's no such thing as a really reasonable zombie, as far as I can tell. So I can't really talk them out of using a weapon. But they are slow, right? So I have to keep that in mind through the whole thing. So my game plan is either to outrun them forever or be barring no weapons on there and beat them in a good old-fashioned hand-to-hand combat. I think I could probably do that because they're slow. I don't think they can really throw any solid haymakers. But then again, I don't think I can throw any solid haymakers, so maybe this is way more even than I think. But I do think their their contagious thing isn't, or sorry, their uh, their whatever that is infecting them to become zombies doesn't seem to be contagious from person to person. As long as you don't drink the water, you're fine. So I just don't drink the water and I run away. We'll just go from there. But I do give Timothy Oliphant a shout out because he just looks as good as ever in that movie. So if he actually became a zombie, I'd probably be screwed. But Anyway, number four, Pennywise from It. If anybody's seen those movies, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Here's the thing. I actually hate Pennywise the Clown, not because I'm scared of him. I hate him. I think he's annoying. I don't think he's really that scary. I think there's plenty of jump scenes and whatever, and he can, he's like a shapeshifter, so he can come into like, he can turn into your worst fears, which is like, whatever. That's like, that's kind of not fair. It's also stupid, but I just... I hate it. I just, I do. I hate him. But anyway, uh, and and I also hate Stephen King for the most part, even though he wrote one of the best stories ever, at least on film, Shawshank Redemption. Um, I think he's highly overrated. Anyway, uh, why did, so I, I don't understand why Stephen King had to make Pennywise extraterrestrial and weird. I think it'd be an interesting interesting if he had a backstory. I think that would actually make me like him a little bit more. But um, he's, he's just a weirdo, basically. Um, but his greatest strength is that he can pretty much take on any form, right? He's a shapeshifter, and he uses that to highlight your greatest fears, right? That's what Pennywise do, does. Um, but anyway, the best blueprint we have for fighting against Pennywise is also the most pathetic, I think. And it's the most recent it. I actually can't remember how recent. I can't remember if it's the first of the most recent or the second of the most recent. I want to say it's the first. Um, and how it ends is that these terrorized kids just start calling him a bully. Or maybe it is the most recent. I think it's the second one of the two. And they just start calling him a bully as adults and saying he's all mean and stuff for terrorizing them. And what happens is that Pennywise retracts into a tiny 237-year-old baby, it looks like, with the same size head for some weird reason. 
It's gross looking, but if that's how you beat him, sure, I can do that. I think I can pull that off. Um, I'm not ca- stopping at calling him a bully, though. I'm actually going to go harder than that and like really go after him on the clown insults. Something along the lines of like talking about how John Wayne Gacy was probably a way better scary clown than he ever was. Um, talking about how he probably went to clown college and just making fun of things like that. But anyway, I, I just I think I kind of own Pennywise in a game of insults because that's how he dies. It's really stupid. So once again, I, I can't really excuse Stephen King there. It's weird. Anyway, lastly, we got the final one here is Ghostface from Scream, right? The Scream franchise, which is kind of just a classic scary movie. It's basically from the same blueprint of Halloween and Michael Myers, all that stuff, but it's more a little bit more sinister in a weird way because it's like you don't know who the killer is throughout the whole movie, and that's part of the mystery, which I think kind of always makes it a little bit more fun. Um, but with that said, on the incompetency, incompetency scale for murderous sociopaths, um whoever ghost faces from scream they're off the charts because there's so many whiffs by these by by, by the people playing Ghostface. because like he he's really bad at like killing people immediately so they prolong these scenes and they last a few minutes just because he is always getting hit by stuff and just like lumbering around just really not great um but with that said they are great at prank calling people uh i don't think anyone really had murder in their standard repertoire of prank calling, but they brought that to the table. Um, I used to prank call people all the time. M- murdering people was never, never a part of like our agenda. Not really that close either. But anyway, um, other than the mon- maniacal prank calling, he didn't really bring anything to the table, unfortunately. Um, so I think it actually rallied pretty well. I think I'd do okay. Um, I just. I'd be ready to rumble. I, I can't say much more than that. And I think ultimately you're fighting against high schoolers, and I feel especially confident about that. And they're all about using knives. And this is why you just got to stay strapped, everyone. That really is the lesson here as I finish it out with the top five horror movie villains that I'd fight and how I'd do against them. Just if you're strapped, if you're carrying a gun, you're going to be fine. Just take them out. Indiana Jones style, when the guy comes with the with that fancy sword, sword, in the Middle East, just shoot him, end it, boom, over, anyway, with that, happy Halloween once again, I hope y'all are having a good time, I hope this was entertaining enough for you guys to listen to, I pretty much read the whole thing to you guys, but if you want to go search it out, it's just harperdanderson.com, you can find it on there, among other random crap that I write about, basically, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's probably not as good, but either way, Hope you enjoy it, and hope you all have a great weekend. It's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. These are great stories coming up, so get ready. It's this, this, There's way more good stuff coming in this podcast, so just get the popcorn going. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of the, of and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Mormons. Yes, yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. 
All right, today joining me on the podcast is recurring guest Shane Larson. Welcome back, Shaner. So glad to have you back on. Especially under these circumstances, Halloween's kind of a fun time, I think at least. Uh, I know you don't like it that much, but you happen to have one of the creepiest stories I've heard in a while. And uh, it has, didn't happen to you firsthand. Technically, the story you're telling came to you secondhand, but you do have access to the person that it happened to, and we're actually looking to maybe getting a recording of it. But for now, I want to get this out before Halloween, so that's why we're bringing you on to give me your best uh, version of this story. I mean, I know that's not the best intro in terms of the veracity of it, but uh, regardless, I want to get it out there because you know this is true, 100%. Like, you actually do know the people it happened to, both of them, right? Correct. Yeah, so the the guy that it happened to... Um, he was my a youth advisor um, when I was like 14 and really, really um, good storyteller. So I, I wish I could hear it from him. In fact, I lined up um, a time for him to come and share the story with my family because I thought it would be really cool. And yeah. my sisters vetoed it. They're like, oh, we don't want to hear a <laughs> really? story. I'm like, you guys. Um, and, and sadly, I, I'm hoping he can still tell it well. He was in a uh, in an accident, um, bad accident. Oh yeah, you had mentioned truck, that. And so I'm not sure um, how it will come across. But he had shared this story with some, another group of youth, and then my good buddy um, Sam was a member of that group, and so that's who I heard it through. I did check in with Sam recently to verify that I I remembered it right, and and I do. So I'll, I'll we'll get into it. So I'm from uh, southeastern Arizona. And um, this place called the Gila Valley, Thatcher, and then there's you know surrounding desert and uh, a nearby spot is we call it Klondike, and there's uh, ranchers out there, and anybody else you might find out there, um, they they're out there for a reason, right? They, so they, they want their space. They don't want to be around. They don't want to be around civilization. People. Yeah, yeah, and and you know you come across people like that sometimes out in the woods and. Usually the, the narrative is like, yeah, it was creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy, John, and his son, John Jr., were on a hunting trip. And they were on horseback. And they were out hunting and, for whitetail, or not whitetail, excuse me, mule deer. And they got caught in a storm. And so they were, and it was a bad one. And so they were kind of frantically looking for somewhere to shelter. And they see this structure, kind of this utilitarian looking structure like made of metal, um, like metal wood, yeah, just, just kind of hodgepodge. It wasn't anything um, recognizable. Yeah, you, know, you can't really not a real woodsy area. No, okay. Desert. For some reason, I thought this was woodsy when you first told it, but that's a clarification for whatever reason only I needed. But I was talking to one of our mutual friends, and he's like, "I thought it was like nowhere, like desert." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it probably was actually." Yeah, yeah, it was out in the desert, and so. And it's just this random structure, the like structure looks like it could be used for animal shelter hay storage or whatever who knows yeah um is it visible like from any any highway or anything no this is just out middle of nowhere got to it on horseback and doesn't seem normal doesn't seem normal because it wouldn't be like there's there weren't a lot of animals out there there's not a lot of places where you could i mean you're you're not bailing hay in arizona anyway so some but not where this is not where this was okay um and so they they see that it has like um, a place that they can tie up their horses and it had kind of an overhang on the side of it that they can kind of tuck up against the building and, and wait this storm out. 
So they tuck up under there. And it's dark, and right? It's dark, yes. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's night. So they fall asleep. They wake up the next morning, and their guns are gone. Their, their weapons that they had brought on this trip. And, and, and see, where, where were their guns? Were they, where'd they leave them? They were on their um, horses. Like saddles. saddles. Yeah, yeah. So that's old school. Wrapped up. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> so they, they see footprints to their horses and kind of around them and then back to a door at this structure. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we got to get our guns back. Yeah, for real. And so they go and they knock on the door. And, and they're just staying like, where, like up against the side, huddled up with their horses. Yeah, that's where they were sleeping. And sleep. they never notice another person coming or anything. They, 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 they figure there's somebody there. They're asleep and this happened. Gotcha. So they go to this, this door, this structure, and it's actually like cracked open a little bit. And so they kind of knock on it and the door pushes in. And all of a sudden, the, like they said, the gnarliest dog they've ever seen comes like lunging at them. And it gets caught on a chain, you know, gets yanked mm-hmm. back on its neck. And just this ferocious dog, and it's just barking and barking. And then they said, all of a sudden, this dude starts approaching. And he said that it just had this, like, creepy presence about him. Just dude felt dark. So much so that, like, as he got close to the dog, the dog just, like, started cowering and walking away. This, like, super ferocious dog. But when this guy came, it was just, like, this this other level, you know. And the guy... um, you know, kind of pulls the door further open. He's like, what can I do for you? And they said, it just, it was just bad vibes. And like, well, you know, we were sorry that we, we were trespassing. We didn't think anybody was here. And we were, we just got caught in that storm last night and we were, you know, sheltering up out here. And um, we noticed our guns were missing and the footprints said, did you by chance take our guns? And he said, well, I didn't know what you guys were about. And so for my safety, yeah, I, I took the guns, but you can, I can get them back to you. Which actually sounds somewhat reasonable. Somewhat reasonable, yeah. sure. Um, and so he's like, here, follow me. And so John and, and John Jr. come inside, and the guy starts taking them down these stairs. So the structure had a, a basement. It's a, it, did, do you remember if it looked like living quarters? Oops. Not really. It was just super utilitarian, but um, there had to have been yeah. you know, makeshift living But nothing right away there, that they noticed. But nothing noticed. right away. It wasn't okay. like, yeah. So the dog being chained up on the inside isn't that strange. Right. And it's it's lighter now? Is it morning or it's is morning. it still dark? Yeah, it's morning. It's morning, okay. So they go in. He leads them down the stairs into this basement. And the stairs kind of do like a U-turn. You know, you go down, there's a landing. And then it bends and kind of goes back the way that you just came. Came down, But, but yeah. further down. Um, and that, that U-turn... Um, you know, it kind of had like a little uh, dog leg out um, kind of shape to it. Uh, anyway, they get down to the basement and the dude starts walking around this hall. And in this hall, there's doors along one side of the hall to these rooms. And they turn and look in. And the first room, it's got like this hospital bed looking thing and weird like contraptions and stuff mounted around it and to the side of it like it almost looks like it could be an operating table or something like that yeah who knows and but creepy you know mm-hmm. and so he sees that and he's just like what what is this what's going on here mm-hmm. and they get to the next room same but different you know and um he's starting to feel like this isn't good you know what what is this guy trying to do and so he um all of a sudden the lights go off no way and, and the dude, he felt like a hand like reach for him. 
And so he turns and he's just like, we're getting out of here. Yeah. Screw the guns. Yeah. So he grabs his son and kind of pushes him up the stairs and he can hear like the dude kind of running after him, but he was this big overweight guy. Not very fast. Not very fast. Yeah. And so he, him and his son are making the, making it up the stairs really fast. I mean, it's going to take this dude a bit. He gets up to the front door and he, he looks, his son's not with him. He's panicking. How he turns old is around. his son again? His son's like 13. Yeah. So he runs back down to that landing. And I mentioned earlier, there's like a little kind of jut out like at that, at that landing. And his kid was kind of tucked in the corner right there. He grabbed him. They go out, get on the horses, take off. And the, where's this guy when he came out for his kid? The guy was still making his way up the stairs. Oh, so they like had a long hallway to like. Yeah, super long hallway, sprinted down, get up the stairs, get out. So he, you know, of course, he's, his guns got stolen. He yeah. wants to get back out there. And so he went and called the sheriff yeah. deputy that he knew. And it's like, dude, we just had this experience. You know, it was, it was really creepy. And so they go out there the next day, and there's nobody there. But there is the structure. But there is the structure. Holy cow. But there's nobody there. The place is cleared out. Um, so, yeah, that was, that's what happened to him. Uh, that's, so that, that actually reminds me. I'm surprised I've never spoken really about this a whole lot, not because it was traumatic or anything. I mean, it was just kind of a cool, spooky thing I did one time with some friends. But we went to an abandoned juvenile detention center, I think. It uh-huh. was in Provo. It was really far south Provo. Um, like right on the border of Provo and Springville, just off of that main street. What is that street? 89, right? Isn't that? Yeah, I think so. It, yeah. It's, do you, have you, do you know the building I'm talking about? I might. Yeah, I think so. It's like above kind of this, on top of this hill sort of, or like it uh-huh. kind of keeps going. Like it, it's not really on top of a hill necessarily, but it's on the side of a mountain and there's kind of a hilly part and it's really kind of sits there at the top where you can have this good view of the valley. Yeah. And we went there. Uh, we broke in because it was it was long since abandoned, and we trespassed and stupidly took a ton of flashlights and like we're not careful about that. But um, it reminds like when you talk about the operating table, like one of the first things you see when you go in just the main entrance um, was kind of like this operating room like off to the side, like it was its own room. But these dogs don't don't worry, the dogs are fine, guys. Just FYI, but. Um, they're just needy. That's all. We don't like needy animals or needy people for that matter. But anyway, uh, it was like this operating table looking thing. And then like there were like all sorts of weird mechanisms and stuff like that. And you're kind of made you think like, what did they do here? <coughs> I think it was juvenile, but I'm not positive. It might have just been them, like some sort of mental hospital. And it almost kind of sounds the same thing here. Like they kind of came across this random mental hospital that was so remote. And this random dude just lived there. Could be. Could be. I don't know. But it gave him crazy time creepy vibes that this guy had ill intent. Yeah. Well, it need like the lights turned off and like he didn't see him go for the lights or anything. No. That's so insane. Um, to to finish my story though, we actually <coughs> we barely got caught. Or sorry, we barely didn't get caught. <laughs> no, that's way different. Yeah. Um, we were just figured it time and run its course. We probably spent about forty five minutes to an hour there. Like it's weird. Like it has this one little. It had this one little area in the middle. That was just like this courtyard. Um, I guess that's not that weird when it comes to like detention centers, but it was weird to us. It gave you creepy vibes when you're out inside the building, but outside still. And then we found some jail cell areas too. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't dare shut those doors, uh, but it was just weird vibes. We go up because we parked at a church that was just above where we kind of trespassed into. 
and uh, we got to our cars, and by the time we were leaving, by the time we were leaving the parking lot, there was a police car coming up, just turning into like where you would go for the entrance. So we barely, barely missed it, and I'm sure it was because like the local residents were used to kind of seeing lights shining from from the inside, and so they're probably just calling the police. But yeah. Uh, yeah, barely evaded it. Which this was in college, so I we would have definitely gotten nailed for some sort of violation. Probably not had to spend a night in jail, but just kind of had to like have a record, which would have sucked. But barely evaded that. Anyway, uh, I think we're going to use a palate cleanser now. Get the creepiness out out of there. I mean, oh, sorry. Did I, you, oh, I did yeah, have one follow-up. Follow up. Yeah. So speaking of creepy spaces, you know the, the movie Shawshank Redemption? Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites. The prison that it was filmed at, you know, it's supposed to be in Maine. Uh-huh. But the prison that they filmed that at is actually in Ohio. And yeah, I think I knew that. It's an old prison that, you know, was had closed the doors. And um, anyways, now like some con- conservancy society uh, cares for it and owns it. But I went and toured it. And the cell block. You toured it? Yeah. Oh, that's me cool. Me and my dad did. It was really cool. And like they, they still have... Because they filmed a lot of the scenes in it, and so they even like the the apartment that was Brooks and Red's apartment when they got out. Yeah, it's close by. It was inside it. It was so inside just, it. Like, That's they cool. They just built it out in a in a room inside yeah, that yeah. old prison and made it out like it was their you know apartment. But anyway, um, the only thing that wasn't accurate was the cell block. So the cell block from Shawshank Prison was filmed somewhere else. Somewhere else, the cell block in this prison was gnarly. Really, it was like six stories tall. And and the the cells, it was all just cage. It was just all metal, basically. And it's like in the middle of this room, and they go up, and it's all super narrow walkways and stuff. And anyways, they like decorate it out for Halloween, and and you can go back there, and they create these you know ghost stories from you know prisoners and things oh, like that. Oh, that's cool. And it's pretty pretty cool. Pretty I love that space stuff for being sure. In, being in there, um, it kind of reminds me of Alcatraz. Have you been to Alcatraz? Yeah, yeah, kind of the same idea. I mean, because it's like I don't know if it's six stories tall. Six is huge. Yeah, it but was huge. Alcatraz is like at least four, I think. It was huge. I'll sh- I took some pictures. I'll show you. Yeah, you'll have anyway. to. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. Moving on. Moving on. So we're going to do a little bit of a palate cleanser from the creepiness. And a lot of that is basically just due to the fact that, Shane, you have probably the funniest bathroom story I have ever heard in my life. And it is time for the world to hear about it. Um, don't worry though we'll keep you anonymous (laughs) Uh, here's the thing like I'll be honest I'm a little nervous about putting this out there but it's it could have happened to anyone absolutely and um, I felt like I if anything it's a privilege and an honor yeah I mean I I felt like I responded well under fire Uh, absolutely so yeah, literal, almost literal fire. Yeah, so just to give some background on this story, um, me and my brother, we we would have missed each other by two months exactly. He went to serve as a missionary in Mexico, Torreon uh, mission, and I would have missed seeing him. So it would have been about four years without seeing each other. So my mom reached out to his mission president and asked if there's any way I could come down and see him. And she said, and he said, no problem. And my buddy's dad loves the country of Mexico, um, taught Spanish at the junior college in my hometown for years. And he offered to take me and he said, I'd be glad to take you, kind of escort you down there and get you there and back. 
and his son, my friend, uh, wanted to come too. One thing that was kind of cool I didn't tell you is between the time that we planned the trip, because I didn't have my call or my buddy when we were getting ready to go on the trip, but um, by the time the trip arrived, we both had our mission calls. My buddy got called to my brother's mission, so he was going down to like oh, yeah. visit his future mission. And yeah, stuff. that is cool. And after seeing it, kudos to him for still going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's that's kind of the um, the setting for the, this this tale. So we we take buses. We get on the bus in Douglas, Arizona. Bus through the night, arrive in Torreon the next day, and meet How up long with my dr- brother. Ride is that? It's like fifteen hours. Dang! So it was a, it was a jaunt. It was a yeah. haul. Um, and we get down there, and I was going to spend the week with my brother and his companion, and then my buddy was going to spend some time in the offices, the mission offices, and meet the president and kind of fill it out the, the like downtown. And my brother was out of some like a little ranch ranchero place out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. You know what's funny is that. If I had the opportunity to visit my mission beforehand, I'm not sure I'd be like excited for it. Yeah. I'd almost rather not know what I was getting into yeah. and just have it be baptism by fire. So that's interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, and so we get, I, I take another little bus. My brother met me in the city, and it was super fun to see him, of course. And we, we go out to his little Gomez Palacio, I think is what it was called, middle of nowhere. And... Um, and I experienced life with him there and it was great. We had a great time. The last couple of days of it, my buddy came out there with his dad and then all of us went back to Torreon, um, and then took the bus from Torreon home. So we're busing home. Um, and we were going to be staying the night in the Mormon colonies. My buddy had an aunt lived that lived there and we stopped at this bus depot in Chihuahua city and we were starving and the, the bus depot had the, this little burrito stand and we got these burritos that were just super good. And I made the mistake of doubling up and getting mm-hmm. a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day comes, uh, we make it to the colonies, middle of the night, sleep for a while. And then we're just kind of in downtown Casas Grandes, Grandes, um, the next day. And all of a sudden, dude, it hits me like, holy holy crap i I gotta act fast here this is literally holy crap yeah yeah like sweat beating like i've got i've got to act fast so my buddy's dad had just come around the corner to tell us he had gotten tickets from the colonies to back to the border um and i said webb i've got to get to a restroom do you know where a restroom is he said well we're going back to the house first anyway to get our stuff can you make it there yeah i can make it there so we get there we get to use their their nice restroom and I, i think i'm in the clear yeah it was clutch. Um, You're it was, thinking. It was clutch. I was thinking. Yeah. Um, so we we load up on this bus, and we're cruising along middle of the middle of the desert. A lot of things are in the middle of the desert with me, and uh, we're, <laughs> we're heading boy. towards the border. And all of a sudden, here it comes again, dude. Oh man! And as it hits me, m- most of the buses down there they all have restrooms. They all have bathrooms in the back. And I turn and I look, and it was j- it was like the movies, dude. You know, like when it like zooms in on something that's important this padlock sitting there on that bathroom door. And I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> you know? So I, I immediately, and there's a bus driver and he's got like an attendant, like this dude that stands by the door and monitors the crowd and kind of helps assist with whatever's going on. And I don't speak Spanish. And I tell my buddy's dad, Webb, Webb, tell the bus driver to pull over. Like I've, I've got to go to the bathroom. And so they speak Spanish to each other and the guy yells something back and Webb tells me, oh, he said, if you just pull down on the padlock, it'll open. Okay, great. And Webb, bless him, had wet wipes 
and a bottle of water, and he hands them both to me. Here, that that here is, you go. talk about clutch. Right. Wet wipes wasn't really like a standard. I mean, right. wet wipes are everywhere now. This was however many years ago, is, and it's like this is mission time for you, so this is years ago. And 2000. Yeah, yeah. Not as not nearly as common. Right. Yeah. So um, Webb hands me um, the, the wet wipes in the water, and I'm making my way back there frantically. And I pull down on the padlock. Sure enough, it opens, and I'm stoked. And right as I'm about to go in, I hear the attendant yell something to Webb in Spanish. Webb translates it to me. Oh, he says you can only go number one. And I open the door, and I see why that's the case. It's got, you know, potty trained toilets. It's just like a little plastic bowl, and the kid goes in it, and you dump the bowl out somewhere. (laughs) That's what the toilet was. (laughs) So can you imagine just laying one down on that and just like, yeah, it'll just sit there till the next stop. Like, And so I'm, I'm freaking out, and I turn and I look, and the sink has a drain. <laughs> and I'm like, this, this will make it down a sink for sure. Um, so I, I saddle up, dude. I climb up on this sink. <laughs> is there water, though? That, like, is there no, there's water? no running water, but that's why the bottle of water was clutched. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> so I climb up on this sink, and I wreck. I mean, I just destroy this place. And while I'm sitting there... The door pushes open on me, <laughs> and it's the bus driver's attendant, dude. And he's like, he sees me sitting there, and he's like, ah, and I'm like, ah, I'm like trying to push him back out. And you just got your pants around your ankles yeah, at this point, I'm hanging just sitting low. there, yeah. yeah. And and so, I what I'm sure happened is, as I found out later, understandably so, I it, it stunk the place up for a minute there, <laughs> and so the dude probably smells it like. I thought I told that little sucker number one only, you know. So he this came freaking back. Freaking bitch ass <laughs> It's too late at this point. So I push him out, and I'm sure he's kind of like, "Well, I don't know what to do." You he's know, like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so I take the water and I flush the sink with this water, and it all goes down, and the stink with it, and then I wipe. is that right? The stink. You- yeah, it didn't linger. Okay. Um, and so then I, I wet wipe. and Those just, are pretty drafty buses, if I'm not mistaken. So that there's probably a lot of s- solid circulation going around. There. Yeah, for sure. Um, AC wasn't working great. I think we had windows down. Um, I opened the window. If you, if you didn't have windows down prior to that point, you certainly did then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I opened the window, and I'm just chucking wet wipes out the window as I clean myself up. And, um, and then I, you know, put my pants back up and... I step back out to to face my peers. <laughs> and how I, many how I, many dirty looks did you get? Oh, dude! Like I step out and I and it's in the back of the bus, obviously. And so I'm like, I turn to the right. It was the back passenger side of the bus corner. So I step out, turn to the right, and everyone on the bus is turning back, just glaring at me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, how could you? You know? And I wanted to be like. Don't all, look at me. Yeah, we all know? made a deal. Yeah. It was that depot burrito. Anyway, um, <laughs> except blame, for... Blame your, the freaking national food, anyway. Yeah, except for my buddy's dad is just big smile. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, dude, this guy, he's one of my favorite guys. He since has passed, sadly, and I miss him. Like, anytime I went home to visit, he was always there in church. He, he always called me shameless. And he and he talks with a bit of an accent, even mm-hmm. though he's a gringo. He talks with this like Spanish accent. Oh, shameless! 
And uh, when I would get close to him, he says, oh, Shameless, you really stunk up the place. <laughs> but wait, he's not Mexican. No, but that's just how he sounds. <laughs> and uh, his name is Webb. We always called him Webosito. And um, anyway, so yeah, dude, that was my story. And um, where that drain in the sink led to, I don't know. You know, maybe there was some maintenance done on the radiator in the future and or maybe it didn't need maintenance. Maybe you cooled that thing right down. Maybe, maybe it just no, dropped out the bottom of the bus. I don't know. <laughs> this bus was not cherry. This bus was in rough shape. So, If there was any excuse to switch out the bus and get a new one or strip it totally clean, I think, I think they had it at that point. Now's the time. But I just I wonder to this day, though, like that attendant, does he tell the story? Yeah. Does he like, dude, uh, I'll never forget, like this guy on the bus pooped in our sink. <laughs> They probably, they probably created a new policy where no white people can ride their bus. <laughs> anyway, I know it's gross, poop, but it, anyway, it was pretty funny. And it, you're like in a like a missionary attire, I'm guessing, too. No, no. I was in jeans oh. and t-shirt. Oh, that's a little better. Yeah. You can blend in with the people. Yeah, nobody knew easier. I was I was a, a yes. Mormon. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> thank, knew I was. Oof, thank goodness. Yeah. We, we don't want our missionaries doing anything embarrassing like making videos for everybody to see with them <laughs> dancing like lunatics. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, that's it, man. Those are my stories for today. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Well done, Shaner. That was, I love it. I'm so glad we got this documented. Well, with that, sir, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off, but really, really appreciate it. You feeling all right about getting this story out there? I don't know, but it, it's, uh, if you think worth putting out um oh i know it is then then you're, you're free to do it excellent there's an hourglass sitting on my table i'm watching as everything's changing my mind goes to a different time old love i remember falling so mad there must have been magic in the valley